Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I am Jesse. All right, this is episode 142. I think we have a really fun and exciting lineup tonight. Uh, tonight we are doing a open flight, and this is a definite flight indeed. Um, we are going to start off by first doing the uh, open 14, uh, open... 2023 special release the 11 year and the open distillers edition from 2021 i think is what it says on the yes. on the canister then we'll go into our shout outs and get it togethers and then we'll follow it up with another flight of oban being the little bay uh the 18 <coughs> uh and then the special release from 2022 which is the 10 year and then the Oban Game of Thrones special release, The Night's Watch. Uh, and the reason why we're splitting these up into two is because uh, the 14, the, 20, the 2023 11-year uh, special release and the uh, distillers, those have not <laughs> been open. So to keep them on a level playing field, we're going to do those three together first. And then we're going to come back after we do our shout-outs and get it together and do, do the other flights because uh, the Little Bay... The 18, the 2022 special release 10 year and the Game of Thrones, the Night's Watch, those have all already been previously opened. And so we want to make sure we give them a fair shake as well against each other. And then we'll kind of do uh, maybe a, a ranking of how we feel about the whole flight altogether. Uh, and then we'll go into our um, Smarter Challenge, which is where we were supposed to supposed to talk to or convey uh, how much we appreciate people and uh, kind of see like what the reactions were or um, if, you know, or talk about that kind of a, a exercise there. Uh, before we get started and jumping in, thank you to all of our listeners on the many different uh, podcast platforms. Thank you to all of our watchers on YouTube and Rumble. We greatly appreciate all of you. And uh, please like, share, subscribe, and leave some comments down below. We greatly appreciate that. And if you do want to contribute to our drinking habit here and bringing these uh, these uh, episodes to you, uh, please uh, feel free to click on the link down below for our Podbean patron uh area so that way you can you can donate anywhere from as low as a dollar a month or a dollar to whatever you like so if you want to help us out we greatly appreciate that <laughs> and let's get ready to rock and roll here scotch review all right well you may get tired of hearing so much of our quick Obin history, but we're going to do it once again for the sake of this seven scotch single malt scotch flight. Uh, founding in the early days, Obin Distillery is located in the picturesque town of Obin on the west coast of Scotland. Has a history dating back to 1794, was founded by brothers Hugh and John Stevenson. And it is absolutely one of the oldest distilleries in Scotland. The distillery's establishment coincided with the burgeoning demand of whiskey in the 18th century. One of the big things with all of these great Scotch distilleries, their water source. Uh, Oban draws its water from the Loch Glen Berade. 
a freshwater lake situated near the distillery. This water source, <laughs> combined with the coastal influence, contributes to the unique character of Oban's whiskeys. And I think that that is absolutely true. One of the things we love about some of our favorite Obens is the brine that you get a hint of while tasting. Some of the historical significance, Oban played a significant role uh, in the whiskey industry, especially during the 19th century when it served as a crucial transportation hub. The distillery's location near the harbor allowed for easy access to shipping routes, facilitating the distribution of their scotch to various markets. <coughs> Expansions and modernizations over the years, Oban has gone and underwent like any of the great distilleries. Expansions and renovations to keep up with demand and to modernize facilities. The addition of new stills and equipment allowed the distillery to maintain its traditional method while increasing production capacity. Uh, Oban is known for its distinctive maritime character with a balance of peat and fruitiness. The whiskey are typically aged in a combination of American oak and European oak casks, contributing to the complexity and the depth of their flavor. Uh, as of the last update, September 2021, there is no information about a current master distiller at the Open Distillery. However, um, these things that do change over time, I am sure they have master blenders. And when I say blenders, I'm not talking about a blended scotch. I'm talking about when they're pulling from their casks and coming up with their multi-flavored yeah, oaks um, to come up with these great scotches. Um, and Noah's going to take it off with the visitor experience. All right, so right now, Oban uh, does have uh, two uh, dis two different tours. They have what's called the Oban Distillery Tour. Uh, this is a complete tour of the distillery, which includes three drams of Oban whiskey and an insight to their whiskey uh, manufacturing or, or making of the whiskey there. And this is uh, 22 Great British Pounds, so we'll probably round that up to about like 28 USD. And then there's the uh, Taste of Oban. Uh, this is an expert. Uh, you'll have an expert guide uh, who will talk you through a tasting of four different whiskeys uh, during this in-depth tasting and with this, I believe this one was like approximately 35 Great British Pounds. So you're probably talking about pretty close to like $41, $42 right there um, for that. And of course, you know, those always change with the, with the exchange rate. So it's kind of really hard to say like what it would be uh, when you decide to go there. Uh, like always, you're probably going to want to go onto the website and try to uh, uh, schedule those tours. If you know you're going to be heading to Scotland, you probably want to do that as soon as possible just because of the... Uh, uh, the limited amount of people that they'll accept in for the tours. And I guess real quickly, uh, should I go over like these like tasting notes that the master malt guys did for the three that we're going to be tasting coming up? Might as well. Okay. So for the 2023 <laughs> Oban special release, which is the spirit of Calypso. Calypso. The uh, guys from Master of Malt, and I'm only like, we're going to do our own tasting notes here. Uh, but this is just kind of give you guys an idea because I think this sounds pretty cool. The nose, chocolate ice cream, dried mango, gingerbread, and spiced apple chutney. Uh, that's the nose with the palate being vanilla, orange, chewy, sweet, cinnamon, tropical fruit juice, finished baking spice with caramel. 
Now, this is a rum. This is done with rum casks, I think. I'm sure you're going to go more into detail with that. <coughs> the uh, distiller's edition, the nose here is says that it is a light sea spray with some gooseberry and white peach along with toasted <coughs> spice. The palate has subtle sweetness with creamy grain, more fruit, drizzles of salted caramel, and some peppery spice finished with peppery spice builds with a green oak. And then the 14-year nose, smoky maritime <laughs> nose with hints of sticking plasters of, of toffee brittle. Uh, palette, smoky creamy <laughs> palette with notes of marmalade, toffee apples, and pear cider. And a development of cloves comes late in the palette. Finish is a long multi-finish with a toasty oak and spice. So apparently from the master of malt guys who've uh, already did their tasting notes, that's kind of like what they're telling us what they got out of this. But that's them. We are going to do us uh, coming up here. And I believe we're going to try to give all three of these points. Is that what we decided That's on? what we're going to do. First things first, I say we start with the Open 14. Great okay. history. Much beloved scotch. Um, very standard as far as the cask maturation. Um, so they're using those two standard casks that Obin does use. Um, but they're doing this for 14 years, and it is 43% ABV. Um, great looking canister, as they all are. Thank you, Obin, for not dismissing the importance of that. Great looking bottle, traditional, um, heavy tin, well done, protect the scotch. Foil's great. Anything you want to see about the 14 before we dig in? Honestly, I love the uh, like the coloring that they use. And usually I'm a person who doesn't like a whole lot of stuff on the canisters, like the, not, not to be super busy, but even like because of the color the colors that they use, uh, that background there on open is not, doesn't, even though it's busy, doesn't make, doesn't really draw from it. So I really like it a lot, and uh, I, the coloring from the bottle of the scotch itself has a nice dark color to it. Um, you know, the 14 is just, it's great. That's all I got to say about that. And I so far, I love the packaging of the 14, but uh, with most of Oban's stuff, I like their packaging pretty much all together. All right, and as always, Oban does a fantastic job with the foil. We're assuming they're still going to use a solid wood topper and the Real I cork. hope so. We're going to find out right here, right now. The foil is great. Solid wood topper. Now, is it oak or pressed oak? That's our pressed cork. Is, it's going to be pressed cork, right? Or is it real cork? It is pressed cork. Uh, Still great to topper, though. Is it etched in there or painted? Nothing? Just, just. Nothing too fantastic. Are you gonna pour all three first? Okay, I just want to make sure that I don't like start jumping right in or anything. All right, okay. so that is the Obin fourteen there. Next, we will jump in the Obin Distillers Edition. So one thing about Obin and that I do love is that there is a seagull in one way, shape, or form on every one of their canisters. Yeah, right. It's it's well done, and it's hard to see on the Distillers Edition. Is it like you a lighter gross, green? Um, yeah, they're they're in there. Is it a lighter green or a darker green? The canister, it's uh, the bottle. No, the uh, the seagull. Oh, it's just in the in the actual texture. Oh, it's just texture. in the backdrop, much like this, but it's hard to see unless you know to look for it. Okay. 
All right. Bottle looks absolutely fantastic. Elegant. Really elegant. Does it say like a cask number on there? I know you're like really big about cask numbers. So one of the things they do mention on here um, is that it was uh, <coughs> distilled in 2007, bottled in 2021. So it's, again, a 14-year scotch. Interesting. Um, and I do believe when we looked it up, this piece right here was about the cask number and um, how to figure out which group you got. Um, I am not seeing any other further distinctions on the bottle or the canister there. However, much like all of them, it does have a serial number. So I'm sure if you uh, met with them or communicated with them, they could tell you which one it was from. 43% ABV again. Um, this one is interesting because I believe it is intentional. The bottle label is a different color than the canister. Uh, but it is so damn elegant. The foil on this one, again, solid, nice, open, well done. Um, solid wood top. Pressed cork. <laughs> Probably a pressed cork. And it is a pressed cork. You know, looking at the uh, at these two bottles here. The colors almost look exactly the same from the 14 to the to the distillers. Maybe the distillers might be just a tad, tad darker, darker just, by yeah. like a shade maybe. Right. I don't know. You, you might have to put them like right next to each other to really them. see. Yeah. The other tricky part about that is that the labels are slightly so close. They're very good. <coughs> I'm not really sure one's really darker than the other. No, nah, they're probably the same. Which makes one curious, is this just a special 14? We know the 14 is one of their beloved scotches. All right, and now finally for the third pour. As Noah mentioned, the biggest deviation here is that it has been finished in a rum <coughs> cask. Yes, and also, uh, if I remember, this is also, it's more like a cask strength, right? This is definitely a cask strength. It is sitting at a 58% alcohol by volume. Uh, of course, they have the seagull up top in gold. Very colorful canister. Calypso, the soul of Calypso, as this scotch has been named. Uh, the canister is slightly larger in circumference. <laughs> and also slightly shorter much Just lighter in color too yeah this scotch which is something that we have found to be very true this could be from the aging process at only aged 11 years not 14 this is pale in comparison um so definitely has not drawn as much out of the cask as far as that color i wonder if, this, if it might have to do too with like uh instead of like using oak or like bourbon casks uh they're using a rum <laughs> cask, so maybe like the rum maybe it's like white rum so it's not coming in at a darker color yeah that it's leaching from those barrels it is totally possible um it'll be interesting to see if it's as peaty or peatier or maritime as much maritime so with the first two, they have the traditional Obin <laughs> emblem on the top of the foil. Here they stuck with the special release seagull as they have done on bottles in the past. Uh, wood topper, darker in color. 
Pressed cork really is a pale in comparison color. All right, run through these three. All right, yeah, I guess let's run through these three. Then we'll give them our uh, our our flavor profiles as well as the the points, which I think is going to be hard considering we're doing like three back to back to back. Um, but we'll see how we do. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, on to our warp speed and uh, cheers. Cheers. All right, uh, so we're going to start our first uh, part one of the open flights here. Um, I'm going to try to keep it fairly succinct here. So the, we started off with the 14-year, um, which is a uh, kind of a very popular popular uh, open, and you might have even seen it in the movie The Violent Night as a Christmas gift in there. Well done for who decided to put that in there. Uh, it's an excellent scotch. Um so as far as the uh, presentation goes, I gave it a four out of five simply because of the pressed cork. If they would actually <laughs> use real cork, I would have given it a five out of five. I love the canister. I love the design. I love the coloring of it. I love the bottling. I love the foil. I love the wood top. It's just like the little things. Like if they did some etching on there, some like laser etching or whatever, and use a real cork, that would have been a five out of five, but they didn't. Uh, the color, I love the nice dark amber color to it. I gave that a 5 out of 5. So 4 out of 5 for the presentation, 5 out of 5 for the coloring. Uh, as far as the nose, um, I put Maritime with pear, app, uh, pear and apple. Um, and I really enjoyed the way it was. And it's it's it wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't super complex, but it wasn't like oversimplified either. It just had really nice uh, tonalities there and... It did what it needed to do, and I gave it a twenty-seven out of twenty-seven out of thirty. Um, and then the palette was uh, creamy with notes of pear and apple, and uh, at the tail end, I got a little bit of clove there, uh, and I gave that a twenty-seven out of thirty as well. And the finish was uh, clove with toasty oak, hints of uh, malt and maritime. Uh, for a 26 out of 30, which I believe, if my math is right, is 89 points. So, all right, you're 14. All right, my 14, not too dissimilar. I'm right there with you with the presentation. Um, so close to a five, but not quite, so it gets a four. Uh, for me, it's just because it's, it's missing those few details you mentioned. The color is a five, great medium gold color, um, and... It's warm. It's a good warm color. Nose. Nose for me got a 26 here. Very simple. Brine and toffee with a hint of apple. Um, the palette also got a 27 for me. Um, here I did get a little bit of smoke. Uh, creamy toffee apple and cloves um, with a finish of pepper as it leads into the actual finish of pepper malt and oak a total of 26 for that finish so for me the total in 88 okay all right the distillers edition uh i love the dark green or forest green or whatever kind of coloring you want to put on there with uh with the uh gold 
I totally dug it. I know like the ta- the the label itself on the bottle versus like the canister is a, is like maybe like a shade or two off. Um, but that doesn't really bother bother me at all. Once again, what does bother me? No laser etching and depressed <laughs> cork. So it gets a four out of five there. The coloring very similar to the uh, to the fourteen as I as we were talking about earlier before we started our warp speed. Uh, so that obviously got a five out of five there. The nose uh, I put once again maritime with biscuit caramel, um, apricot and honey. And I really enjoyed the nose on this. So I gave that a 27 out of 30. The palate was smooth and creamy with hints of salted butterscotch honey with fruit notes, which I really dug and enjoyed. So I gave that a 28 out of 30. And the finish was I had a had had like it began with it began with a little bit of pepper with hints of burnt sugar and sea soaked oak. Which I gave a finish of twenty seven points, and that was a grand total of ninety one points. All right. Well, the distillers for me, once again, very close and similar presentation, right there with you. I love the color of this presentation. Um, just missing a couple of details. Super close to a five. If I could see, like, hey, this is batch number. If they made it really loud and clear on there, that probably would have been enough to push me over the edge. Uh, but the presentation is sitting at a solid four. Color almost the same as the 14 great warm medium gold um five the nose got a 27 from me and i get um it's it's a more pronounced uh, nose than the 14 it's got more of that maritime brine um i got the slightest little hint of peach um and a little bit of oak and smoke <coughs> on the palate um, the palate was creamy, um, and the best way I would say is this starts out creamy, and then it's like a caramel, and then it's like a salted caramel. And I, why I say it like that is because that creaminess transitions from creamy, not so much to salted caramel, but to creamy caramel that all of a sudden you get a dash of salt on. It is fantastic. Um, a pal- uh, the palate, a solid 27. Um, it does have a little bit of pepper spice again at the finish. Um, the finish, again, peppery spice, dry oak, and salt uh, for a grand total of 90. 2023 uh, special edition, uh, 11 year. Honestly, I'm not a fan of the canister. <laughs> I hate it. I really don't like it. Uh, it's It has, you know, once again, it has, for me, it has too much going on. Uh, I'm not a huge into the whole pastel color. I get the whole, like, spirit of calypso <coughs> but i think if we look in his history like i don't i think there's different calypsos in history right i think we have <laughs> the greek calypso and honestly i think i would have wished they would have gone with more the greek one and then using like the kind of like more of a greek uh, type of like color coding to it as opposed to maybe the jamaican or uh the bahamas uh whatever to me it's too busy too much pastels i'm not a big fan um, so I gave that a three out of five. <laughs> the color though, I like the color because the color has like, I don't know, it's like nice and bright, um, very inviting in the color. Um, you don't see too much impurities there at all. It just, uh, I really liked it. So I still gave it a five out of five. Um, it's very, you know, almost like a platinum blonde there for me. 
if you will. Um, now the nose uh, is actually a really intriguing nose here. I got chocolate covered bananas with mangoes and hints of orange citrus, uh, which I really dug. I really liked all those uh, all those flavors there. The one thing I was really surprised is I didn't really get any brine or maritime or anything like that. And I was thinking since it was open and they're using like uh, rum cast, that maybe we get a little bit more brine in there. But uh, I didn't really get the brine at all. Uh, the palate was light and smooth with tropical fruits and vanilla. Once again, I enjoyed that. Oh, so wait. The nose, I'm sorry, was a 27 um, out of 30. The palate, light and smooth with tropical fruits and vanilla. I kind of kept it really kind of basic there because, uh, honestly, um, I thought they did an excellent job. This is probably one of my favorite uh, palate or, like, bodies, I guess, of a scotch that I've, I've had in a while. So I gave that a 29 out of 30. <coughs> However... This, dun, is a, dun, dun. this is a big however i was not a fan of the finish um at the tail end of the palate really going into the finish to me this is like eating like like when you're eating sushi and you're dipping your sushi and you get a big glob of wasabi whatever and you bite into it and all of a sudden it just like you get like the super burn like at the top of your mouth that kind of burns into your like sinuses. That's kind of like what I get here. So it seems like on the finisher is that they just it, it's overloaded with cinnamon, and it kind of gives me that same kind of like wasabi type type burn. Um, but after that mellows out, um, it does have a, a nice uh, caramel and, and a fruity sweetness to it. Um, but because of that hot spiciness uh, from that cinnamon, it really detracts from it. Because um, you forget about the nose, you forget about the palate, and it kind of detracts from the finish until it finally subsides. And that, by that point, at least for me, I'm like, thank God that spice is gone. Um, so I gave the uh, finish 25 out of 30. So uh, that gives me a grand total of 89 points on this one. This I find very interesting. Why? Because normally, a scotch like this, I think we would have scored very differently on. But <laughs> here we have, as Noah mentioned, the 2023 special release, 58% ABV cask strength. I'm agreeing with you on the, the canister. Um, I actually love the colors. I don't love the art. And it's Maybe in, that's what I don't like. Is the art. I don't know. I, like, this is too much. Whereas this... I actually think that's perfect. I think that the, the label is right. But the other thing that bugs me about the canister is the art. And what I mean by that is the damn thing's not centered. Like, you have to turn it. And that just bugs me for whatever reason. Like, I don't go buying a painting and then have to turn it is sideways. Is she centered on the, on the label? I don't think she is. No, but on the label, you get the whole presentation because it's straight and it's flat enough that you don't have to turn the bottle to see it. Whereas with this, I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Is that a peacock? No, it's Calypso. Um, so for me, the, the presentation still gets a four out of five. Um, but I just didn't care for the art myself. I do love the colors and the label on the bottle itself um i do think uh diageo is doing a nice job there uh, so presentation for color i love the light gold solid fire for me nose this was an impressive nose however i agree with you it was missing the brine and that kind of saddened me um i got the chocolate cream mango and cinnamon apple um or i should say cinnamon apple uh because it's not really like a cinnamon apple but it's just that 
hint of it. 27 for the nose. Palette win again right there with you. I loved the this was this is an amazing palette. Vanilla, orange cream, cinnamon, and tropical fruit. Um, and actually it's the tropical fruit and then cinnamon that kicks in. And that's what leads into a very long finish. For the palette, I gave it a 28. Um, for the finish, that cinnamon lasts and lasts and lasts, and it's long um, to the point where it's just a hair too long for me as well. Um, so on the finish, I as well gave it a 25 um, because it was it would have been lower even, but I did dig once the cinnamon finally subsided, that caramel sweetness with the hint of salt all over again made me want to go out and buy some salted caramels. Like that part was great. Um, so interestingly enough, same exact score, 89. <laughs> now, what I would say is I would take the Open 14 to a, a black tie event and to game night, and it has a spot on my shelf. Um, I agree. I agree. And then with the Open absolutely back black you tie the distilleries or yeah the distillery uh distillers edition black tie absolutely game night it gets a little pricey for that if if it's a great game night like it's something important yes i would then definitely a spot on the shelf now the open 11 is interesting because so far, i agree with you 100 yeah um I, I don't i for me there's something about it it's not going black tie oh for me it's not black tie at all and no. it's, it's probably not game night either. I wouldn't mind taking it to the game night to mix something up. But again, the price point, you're talking about 150 bucks. That's why I wouldn't take it to good game night. Yeah. Um, and then a place on the shelf. Yes. But um, only because of that unique palette. If I want to really explain to someone a, a palette, this is a perfect one to pour a dram and you know pull it off the shelf. And like, this is an interesting palette. For the uniqueness, I agree. It has a spot on the shelf. So I agree with you 100 Presented straight across the board on all those, except for possibly game night on the uh, on the eleven. It's time for our shoutouts. I'm gonna go beyond Verstappen. and Verstappen, yes, nice job, but I didn't think it was gonna be a good race. The Las Vegas Formula One Grand Prix, I thought, because of the track layout being happenstance, if you will, not um, not developed by these people who get paid literally millions of dollars to develop tracks, um, to have the turns and the straights and everything to make it really good and entertaining and competitive. Um, because of the fact that it had such long straights, but such windy turns, um, it was a phenomenal race. A great job to them for that. I know a lot of people in Las Vegas, uh, the locals were not super thrilled with all of the construction and everything else that went on. The entertainment factor, though, great job. Um, and, of course, yeah, Honda, Verstappen, Red Bull taking the W. Um, but my shout-out really goes to you, Jesse. Um, we didn't go to a restaurant tonight because we were going to be doing this uh, extravagant uh, flight here. Uh, but you did uh, make some killer ribeyes with uh, – uh, the uh, mushrooms and uh, bacon-wrapped asparagus and some potatoes. So uh, you did a killer job, so thank you very much. Uh, total shout-out to you for uh, a wonderful dinner thank uh, you. leading up into this uh, uh, this fun night. 
All right, I got one more quick shout out. And that one's just going to Aiden for continuing to live a piece of his dream and continue to play basketball as a junior at Cherokee Trail. So great job making the team, Aiden. Okay, so now we're going to jump into trying the ones that have already been opened. Uh, so we are going to start this one off here with Little Bay and the chaps from the Master of Malt. The way they say Little Bay is, is the nose is dried apple chips, floral herbs, and chopped mint. Candied orange and a touch <coughs> of milky coffee. The palate, those fancy chocolates with flakes of sea salt. Pound cake topped with demerara sugar and cinnamon. Citrus returns on the mid-palate. Finished spiced with cinnamon and ginger. Then, from there, we are going to follow that up with the uh, 18, which, oddly enough, I forgot to get tasting notes for. <coughs> Delicious. Uh, any tasting notes on the back of that one there? Not that I can read. All right, so no tasting notes for <laughs> the 18. Let's see if we get in there. And then from there, we have the uh, 2022 open special release, which is the 10-year. Uh, the nose is sweet-smelling vanilla and toffee with red cherry and cardamom. Uh, palate lively with very spicy licorice, cardamom cloves, Orchard fruit and highly aromatic, long with tobacco and mint. Honestly, from from what I recall trying it last year, uh, or however long ago it was, I don't remember any of those things on my palate. <laughs> uh, but I do remember like the sweet plum in there or something like yes. that. Yes. So, um, uh, anyways, I just wanted to kind of give what the chaps of uh, uh, Master <laughs> Malta were saying on there. Um, and maybe uh, once you start pouring, if I can find the Master of Malts uh, online here for the 18. Yes. I'll give that out as well. All right. Starting with the Oban Little Bay again, traditional canister. Um, I think this tends to be one of my favorite easy drinkers, especially for the price point. Color, a nice deeper gold there. Um, again, solid wood top. They use good foil. Unfortunately, it is a pressed cork. Thank you, sir. Now we roll into the Obin 18. Uh, definitely classy with this color canister. The nice rich gray. Again, great gold flavor. Great foil, solid wood topper. Unfortunately, once again, pressed oak. So I'm going to go pull this one here from Scotch Noob because I don't think the, the guys from Master Malt did one here. Uh, for the 18, light honey, lemon pill, candied, uh, candied orange pill with some golden apple notes, light, bright, and sweet aroma. Palette, smooth but quite dry, crisp. Uh, dry crisp caramel orange uh, caramel apple orange blossom honey warm notes of hard apple cider very elegant finish all honey raw local organic honey long and warming is what uh, the scotch noob had uh, said about that all right so good stuff all around and finally we are pouring the Obin 10 years 
special release 2022. Um, this one titled The Celestial Blaze. Again, a more of a cask strength scotch, 57.1% ABV. Solid wood top, pressed cork. Is there any tasting notes on that canister? I know it talks about like the northern lights and shit like that, but just really emphasizes secondary maturation in ex sherry and a Montelaldo seasoned casks. All right, so here we are going with second round of this flight. Numbers four, five, and six. Warp speed two. Cheers. Cheers. Get the right kind of glasses time. <laughs> Scotch review. Uh, starting off with Little Bay, Open Little Bay. Um. Once again, uh, I'm just going to say this straight across the board for this set with the Little Bay, the uh, the 10, and the 18. I like all of the colors. I love all the canisters. Uh, I think they did a great job in their presentation. Unfortunately, they uh, they use pressed cork on all of them, so their presentation, because of the pressed cork, no etching inside the wind toppers. I'm giving them four straight across the board on all their presentation, so... Um, I for me to at least give them a five on, on any one of these, they would have had to use that real cork, and they didn't. Uh, so anyways, little bay presentation. Uh, love the coloring, um, love the labeling. Uh, love the blue foil that they have on there, but they use pressed cork, so it gets a four out of five. The color, which is kind of like what we talked about with the 14, the Steelers has that nice dark amber golden color to it. So I gave that a five out of five still. Now for the nose, I put brine with toffee, lemon, oak, and peat, uh, which I really enjoy the, the nose on this little bay. And it's been open for a little while. So it's been open since August 16th. I, I know this cause you gave it to me for my birthday. So, uh, I think uh, it still had a pretty good nose, so I gave that a 27 out of 30. Uh, the palette, I gave, I gave it a candy orange with brine, cereal, <laughs> and honey, which I also enjoyed. Gave that 27 out of 30. Finish with smoky oak with hints of cinnamon, which I enjoyed. Uh, 27 out of 30 gave, gives me a grand total of 90. All right, well, very close once again with the Little Bay. Uh, much like yourself, presentation gets a solid four. Just one much, one more detail. Any extra detail would have gotten it the five. Uh, but the color, the I'm going to go with medium dark gold. I love it. Um, it is great. It's a five. The nose, ah, such an easy drinker. Brine little hint of floral, um, orange, and a little lemon. Uh, uh, 26 for me. The palette is the win, um, along with the finish, honestly. The palette, creamy, salted chocolate, a little bit of pound cake, cinnamon. 
but the cinnamon's not overpowering. And I think that's because there's a little hint of lemon that comes through and maybe cleanses the palate. Um, but then it goes to a little bit of a, a ginger, um, back to caramel, that salted caramel and oak. Uh, the finish of 27 overall for me and 89. Okay. 18. Uh, once again, presentation, four out of five. Color, five out of five. Uh, here in the nose, I gave it a brine orange pill with malt, pear, ripe banana, and spiced oak. Really enjoyed the nose. Gave it a 28 out of 30. The palate, I have <coughs> creamy sweetness, sweetness with caramel, honey, plum, and maybe a hint of banana, or I should say ripe banana. Uh, I really enjoyed the palate as well. Gave that a 28 out of 30. Finish malt with dark chocolate and salted caramel. Uh, 28 out of 30 gives me a total of 93. Well, for me on the 18, not quite as high, um, but close. Um, presentation again, one extra detail gets it to the point, but it sits at a solid four. Color, love, again, this medium dark gold. Uh, five on the nose, 28. I get hints of brine heat banana pear and plum um on the palette at 27 it is an interesting palette mm. it is a creamy sweet apple cinnamon and um, roasted cereal palette that transitions to uh, a 27 for the palette, a uh, 27 on the finish also. That um, roasted cereal becomes more malty with, again, a uh, salted chocolate, um, a piece of salted chocolate. Grand total for me, a 91. Frames, I got to 10. Special release. Uh well, uh, four out of five. I really wanted to give this a five. I Dude, really, really did. Right. But the damn press cork, man. That's all they needed to do. <coughs> really wanted to give it a five. Uh, the color, uh, nice uh, light gold color. Uh, not quite as light as the platinum blonde from the 11, but it's still really nice. Still gave it five out of five. Uh, the, the nose. It initially started off with me right away with brine and ripe <laughs> banana, but then it transitioned into a vanilla lemon, uh, which then moved into like a red cherry and plum, which I really enjoy that, like how it kind of transitioned from one to the other for me. I gave that a 28 out of 30. Uh, the palate, I uh, got toasted cereal with vanilla, hence of plum and citrus. Um, I like the, the flavor of that. Gave that 27 out of 30. The finish was okay for me. Uh, it had a cinnamon and ginger spiciness, which I don't remember it being that spicy when we had it the first time. Uh, but that transitioned to a nice toast, toasted malt flavor, uh, which I gave it a 20. If I read my notes here, a 26. Might be a 25. I think it was a 26. Uh, so that gives me a 90, but uh, if it's 25, it's 89. <laughs> all right, we're going to say it's a 90. And again, I'm going to find this very interesting because our others, all the standards, one point off, and here I got a 90 as well. Um, so for me, it's a little bit different, though. Even though it does have the pressed cork, 
and it needs that one extra detail. The detail for me on this one was the art. Um, the art and the visual aesthetic here, the colors, everything. This is a sexy canister. That's why I wanted to give it a five. Dude, I did. I gave it a five. So this is the only one um, so far that gets a five out of five. Um, the Oban 10, man, this special release, the Celestial Bays, um, gets a five for me because that canister just kicks that much ass. And I love the label as well. Um, it would have been a real easy five had they had a solid cork or a little extra detail. Color, um, a little bit lighter on the gold. Um, so kind of like a medium light gold. Dig it a five. Um, the nose nose is pretty simple straightforward vanilla it's a creamy vanilla and um, there's cherry and toffee and i love that because it reminds me even though the rest of the flavor profile is completely different of the uh the lakavulin uh, hofferman special release um the most recent one the charred oak um but uh, the palette so for the nose 27 for me palette I'm right there with you with the palate. It was a little bit surprising. I didn't remember it being this spicy, if you will, um, but it's still got a, a creamy orchard fruit, so like hints of that pear, maybe uh, a plum, um, a little bit of licorice, um, and then it goes into the hint of clove. Uh, 26 on the palate for me, but 27 on the finish. And I think I know what the difference is on the finish and why our palate and finish tastes uh, are opposing, even though we end up with the same total score. For me, the finish is still pretty long, but it's got hints of tobacco and mint. And I dig that tobacco in the finish. Um, it's something that uh, is great. So overall for me, a 90. For all three, black tie worthy. All three, even though the 18 and the 10 get pricey, man, if the people were right, game night. Um, and all three also have a place on the shelf. If you can find the 10 in particular, and the 18 is a, is, is, is a limited edition. It's not uh, a mass-produced one, so it's a little bit harder to find than the Little Bay um, or the 14. I concur straight across the board on that. Like, they, are all, they are all black tie worthy. They are all game night worthy. Although price points push the 10. Right. And they all have a place on your shelf, definitely. Um, hands down. And these have all, I, I, and I think this holds true with good scotches. These have all been open for a while and they still uh, held pretty well, I think. Um, for I think they held there. great. Um, the little bit, they did not disappoint. At, none of them disappointed. Well, and here's the thing like, Price point wise, you get the little bay roughly like I think like sixty dollars, maybe sixty-five, seventy, uh, versus the other the other ones coming in like at over at one hundred and twenty or more. Uh, price <laughs> point wise, like you're talking at ninety for me, ninety versus a ninety-three. Is it really worth paying an extra sixty dollars to get those three extra points? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It just depends on like what, like how I'm really feeling. But I think yours is like 90 or 89. It's one point difference. Yeah, like one point difference. So is it really worth paying that $60 extra dollars with it's, the one point difference? It's actually two points. Oh, two 80, points. 90, 90 ones. Yeah. Yeah, two point difference? Nah, I don't think so. I'd rather, you know, save $60 and, and just go to the Little Bay and that, when you're looking at price point wise. Yeah, if I'm just looking for a great dram and there's no special occasion, 
pretty much it's going to be a little bit every day. However, if it's a special occasion, um, maybe a holiday or truly a black tie affair, like the 18 is like those extra two points for me, three points for you. It is that much creamier. Um, the, the body, even though it's harder to register the flavors, it's they're there. I think the three points and the extra $60 or in your case two an extra $60 it's the occasion mm -hmm. that pushes it. Yes, I'll pay that extra sixty dollars. That's first. right. Smarter All right. So the smarter challenge here was to uh, basically let let some people's know how you feel. Um, hopefully, it was in a positive light, giving a compliment. Um, so you could choose a couple <laughs> people, one or two compliments, or uh, a handful of people with fewer compliments. Was aiming, um, you know, to get a couple different variations, and. Um, I don't know if, if you want to shoot first. You want me to shoot first? Well, here, I'll, I'll first talk about like what I know. It's kind of like what we did last time. Um, and I think it might have been my approach. Maybe my approach wasn't very good this time around. Because I think when I was giving people or letting them know how much I appreciated, appreciated them, I'm not sure I got kind of the... Uh, uh, the response I was kind of like thinking I would get, and it could be because like maybe like when I when I told them or how I told them, uh, it seemed like uh, maybe I think from their point of view, like they maybe they thought I was just thanking them, and I don't know if they're just brushing it off or they weren't taking it as seriously as maybe I I thought I was, and it, like I said, this could just been the way I approached it when I asked or how I or how I said it or something like that, and so the impact I got from your last smarter challenge wasn't quite the same impact I got from this smarter challenge, and, I, and it really wasn't about me either. Here, this this is about complimenting them and letting them know how much I you know I feel about them, and uh, I'm just saying that maybe I didn't do it the right way or convey my feelings or my gratitude the right way. Cause, um, to them, it just like, they're like, well, I, you know, I, I told them and then the way they responded was, you know, like, yeah, not a problem. You're welcome. It's, you know, whatever. And it just didn't seem like, it didn't seem like it impacted them. Like, like I thought uh, maybe it could have. So I think it was just poor delivery on my part. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, what was your general like? What did you get? Mine was mostly what I expected, um, but I'm also wondering because all of mine were face to face, and I'm wondering if you did yours more over the phone. Oh, mine were face to face. Were they face to face? Okay, mine were more over or face to face, um, and with face to face getting the reaction i think maybe it's because i actually don't give a ton of sincere compliments unless i mean it but i also when i tend to do it i try to give like examples in there so that it's it's not just something little i don't know um see maybe that's why i said maybe it's it was my delivery yeah I'll throw out one of mine. Actually, I'll throw out the first two of mine. Um, the first two of mine were to my parents. Um, and the the compliments, so to speak, 100% from the heart, face-to-face, -face, looking at them in the eyes, um, sincere. Um, and it was just to let them each know 
how proud I was of them um, because and how grateful I was for everything they taught me. But the proud um, came because of that. Like, I'm so proud of you guys as parents. Like, look at all you do for me and my sisters. Um, and what they do for me and my sisters is completely different. Like the way they supported us, um, throughout life, thankfully I've been lucky enough not to need as much support, um, very little support, but all the support that I got from them, I got, and I, I, I took to heart when I was young. And so when I was telling them how proud I was of them, I gave them examples right back from the previous smarter challenge of, Hey, these were pieces of advice you gave me as a kid. We just recently talked about this. You changed my life for the better. And I am so grateful for that. And I'm super proud of you guys as parents. Like, I hope you know, like you, you guys are great. And I talk about you all the time. Um, and they both lit up and my, they wouldn't stop talking. Oh, we're, we're so proud of you too, which was great to hear. Wasn't my goal. Um, but they both like literally lit up and they glowed, um, which was really nice to see. And what was important to me was to let them know, because again, I do know that they're both super proud of me, but I wanted them. I needed them to know that I was proud of them as well. All right. So my very, I think my very first <coughs> one actually came the night that you, uh, gave the, uh, smart challenge. And after we got done shooting, I, uh, expressed to you how grateful I was to you, uh, for everything that you've done for me and also, you know, uh, uh, you know, for like living here and like with you and, uh, and the podcast, uh, and I, and I know I've said it to you a few times, so maybe, uh, it may not have come off as like, and I, I think this is delivery, like, right. I didn't really go and give an example or anything. I just expressed to you once again, how grateful I was, uh, uh, for your friendship and how we were able to rekindle our friendship and like that. And, uh, not that you like brush it off or anything. I, I just think because I've said it a few times to you already before even that night, um, uh, maybe it wasn't as, um, impactful maybe, um, or maybe you didn't realize that's, uh, I was using you as one of my, as one of my ones. Um, but regardless, uh, it does mean a lot to me. Like, uh, you contacted me to rekindle our friendship, uh, and then everything that you've done to like help facilitate our podcast, uh, everything you've done to help me out, uh, as well since we, we've, uh, rekindled our friendship. Uh, so that did mean a lot to me to let you know that, even though, like I said, I, I, I probably said like at least two or three times previous to that point. So, um, well, it definitely meant a lot and it always means a lot. Um, and I feel the same way, though. You do a ton as well. So thank you for the compliment. I'm sorry I didn't respond as well as I could have. Well, see, I don't. I know. I think you you responded appropriately. I think what happened was my delivery. And I probably maybe should have done it that night. Maybe it was the wrong timing because uh, we both were a few, uh, a few <laughs> drinks in after a podcast. So uh, once again, I think it's par partially my delivery, uh, partially timing, and maybe not. And then here's the thing. Like, I don't like doing this type of stuff a lot of times. So it's uh, the way I express that type of stuff, it probably just comes off not exactly right. As my brother likes to say, I'm not very tactful in the way I say things sometimes. Yeah, so that's not always wrong. 
Well, my next one um, went out to my sister, Lily. <coughs> and I, I think maybe, maybe this is a different piece too. Um, she didn't necessarily light up. She smiled. She got really happy. She didn't literally glow like my mom and dad did. But I also let her know like how proud I was of her um, and how hard it is in, in life in general as a single parent. Because ultimately she is. They're, they're, her two children's father, I believe, still comes and visits them once every few years for like a weekend. Few years? Dude, it's, yeah, it's, it's rough. And so I let her know how, how proud I was of her for that. Um, and it's interesting, though, because you talk about delivery. And I probably could have worded it a little bit differently, a little bit better because once again, though, you know, my parents were in the area and that probably made her feel awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, she was she was super happy and she needed to hear it, and it's absolutely true. Um, I'm proud of anyone who's out there and has two kids that are making it. Um, I'm sure life isn't easy for any single parent that didn't win the lottery or have a huge inheritance. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> not anymore, not in today's day and age. As we've talked about so many times about uh, how uh, spending power has dropped dramatically. Oh, man, it's crazy. All right. Um, my, I, I, Basically, I'm going to tie these two together, and uh, I did it on Thanksgiving. And once again... Um, I you know I've been, I was sick over Thanksgiving, uh, so uh, delivery how I said it uh, time wise maybe I didn't convey the, how how I really felt uh, well enough, uh, but it was uh, to Kathy uh, Brian's mom and Brian himself uh, for making me feel like part of their family, and uh, this really kind of went towards the fact of like they always like. There was a point in time where my mom and I had a falling out uh, where we didn't talk for a while. So uh, Thanksgivings and Christmases were spent over at the Moline house, uh, at Kathy's house. And uh, she always made sure I was there, uh, you know, for that stuff. And uh, even when I moved out to uh, Utah, uh, there was times where Brian and Kathy really wanted me to come back to Colorado for Christmas. And as a Christmas gift, Kathy bought my plane ticket. Sometimes, <laughs> like, I told her, no, like, I pay for it. And then, uh, come like Christmas Day, there was a check written out my name for the money and stuff for the ticket and stuff like that. Uh, so, uh, she has treated me like one of her son, like her son, uh, in some aspects and made me feel a part of the family. And so, I thank them for making me feel part of the family. But here's where I think I messed up, and this is where I think you made a good point, is I didn't really give out those examples of, like, what she did for me during those time frames or how, like, uh, when I would come in on uh, during Christmas break or whatever uh, to celebrate Christmas, uh, Brian would let me stay at his house, and, like, they loaned me his, like, one of their vehicles to drive around to do things. Uh, so I don't think I conveyed it well enough to them. And they're both like, oh, yeah, anytime, you know, like they they did their normal thing, like saying, like, you know, you're welcome. We appreciate you, that type of stuff. 
but I, like I said, I don't think I conveyed the importance of it uh, to me well enough to them to where they probably would, didn't get uh, what I was trying to say to them. Yeah. I, <coughs> and Thanksgiving was probably not the right time to do this either because there's a whole lot of other people around. <coughs> and you can't do something that meaningful when there's a whole lot of other people around and try to keep it as short and sweet because that's – that's like an intimate thing there when you're yeah. trying to give that kind of uh, convey that kind of um, feeling or message to someone. I think that is absolutely true. Um, <coughs> my next three were all with people I work with, and ultimately um, two of which I lead, and one of which uh, I don't directly lead, but also have led in the past. And I used the same piece of how I was proud of them for all of their accomplishments, for their growth, um, for the personal impacts each of them have made in different areas of the building. I am. I let them know, like, hey, these, these are the things we talk about in our meetings, and this is how each of you, I mean, and I did it all independently, but this is how we recognize you like this is how we talk about you and i want you to know this because you should be proud of that too like i'm so proud of you as a as a, as a leader here at target <coughs> um to really do great things um and that you do with your team and and ultimately at the end of the day one of the things i'm most proud of all three of them about is they are great people um because you can't be a great leader in my mind without being a great person and i what i mean by that is you're gonna do some hard things you're gonna have to fire people who can't show up or write them up um you're gonna have to let people go you're gonna have to give hard messages um but that's actually part of what makes a great person is someone who doesn't just celebrate the good but someone who recognizes hey i'm gonna tell you this that you don't want to hear and it may ruin your day Hell, it may ruin your week, but if I don't tell you this, I'm not doing you the justice to make you better potentially in the long run. It's feedback. You've got to hear this. Take it and run with it. It's not meant to be like an attack, even though it probably feels like that in this moment. I'm just laughing here because it just reminds me of a story between you and I. And it'd be like, all right, so let's say you have an employee who's like really <laughs> screwing up and you don't know really how to tell them about what they're screwing up, but they're showing up late all the time or whatever. How would you go about saying that? Blah, 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 blah. Well, that's you. <laughs> and it was not about showing up late. No, and no, it wasn't, wasn't really about me screwing up. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was about an uh, old, old girlfriend screwing around. On uh, Jesse, she was the one screwing up. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I like. I think it's important for us to be proud of. You know, as is individuals, we all have codes, yeah. and I think it's important for us to be proud of. I have never done that. I've never once I've done, never done that. that either. And I think most, yeah, I think most people have though. And it's just interesting. I even, I even like told one of my uh, friends' girlfriends that my friend was cheating on her. Just because it, it, it's, it's, code. Against, it's my code. It's your code. Like, if I'm going to do it the other way, I might as well do it the, the you know, if I'm going to do it this way, I might as well do it that way. So yeah. it's a code. I mean, you know, code's a code. You can't, like, that. you don't break your own code. Yeah. Well, with all three of these individuals, um, they all re. <laughs> Again, I don't think it was the same as with my parents. That I wouldn't say any of the three glowed. 
Um, and it was interesting because I think it's natural, especially when um, you're receiving such a compliment from someone who's your leader is to ultimately try to redirect some of that back to the person. So they all told me the different things they appreciated about me. And I tried to finish it up I'm like, hey, I appreciate that. And maybe this was wrong for me to do, honestly, but I appreciate that. But just take this moment. This is about you. Like, this isn't about me. I appreciate your positive feedback as well. You, you need to take this. I, I had a mentor who talked about that, uh, is that we have to learn how to take compliments. Uh, so much in our society in America is that when someone gives us a compliment, we have to, instead of like taking it and receiving it and taking it as that gift or whatever and internalizing <coughs> it, we immediately try to give something right back right away. Uh, and that, uh, because of that, we don't take the time to really accept what was been what's been given to us, uh, and so uh, that is a big thing there. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just going along with what you're saying there. Uh, I, I think, probably didn't convey that well. No, I, I think it's uh, it's 100 true because it, um, yeah, if you can't learn to take a compliment, you're not processing it. You're yeah. not understanding um that it's important that you just take it it feels weird at first so when you start doing that like when you finally like because uh, when i f first learned about that and stuff like that when i got a compliment it felt weird not to say something back other than like you know you, you say thank you but then you want to say something else back to that person but but as soon as you start doing that then all of a sudden you're you're starting to negate what they what they gave you and so it's really weird at first uh, to not do that yeah uh, but yeah, it's an important thing to do is to learn how to receive uh, as well as give. Yep. Uh, I didn't really have any others. Those were my three main ones. Uh, There's other people I wanted to contact, but I didn't want to do it via text. And I didn't really have, I mean, not that I didn't have time uh, because I did have time, right? Because I, like, I took some time off for the holiday, but uh, because of being sick, um, I didn't take the time to really call up people. Um, so, uh, but there are, there are, other, there are like people like my mom, like her and I, like we had a big, <laughs> we've had a big, a couple of really big conversations after we lost touch. Uh, and then when we started to rebuild our relationship, um, where we had some of that already, uh, and I like to think that I'm fairly good at thanking people, but obviously we can always be better at, at that type of stuff because we have to show appreciation to others in life. That's for sure. I agree. Good call. And I think, that, you know, one of the pieces of advice, I, uh, I'm i actually going to write it down and share it with people because it's one of those things that I've heard before as well. I don't think I share it enough with other people. And that is learn to take a compliment. Oh, that's huge. It's hard though. It really is. And I'm going to, I'm going to use that. Noah. that is great advice. Um, and I'm going to use that and share that a lot. These next couple of weeks from now until Christmas. I mean, it, it's a hard thing to do at first. It really is. Because yeah. we're just, I think our society is just the way we're built. We just like, someone compliments us. So we right away have to say something back to them. Instead of just saying thank you and just moving on. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. It's like you go, <coughs> uh, 
like, what do I do next? I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, is that it? I think that's it for the Smarter Challenge. Do we want to pick one victor out of these six scotches we've tried so far and pair it up with the victor from the, the Game, Game of, of Thrones? tasting uh well let's see we're uh we'll probably be pushing close to two hours right now uh we could do it it's up to you let's do a quick one okay all right which one are you thinking the 18 the distillers uh i don't know whatever you pick it what was your highest rated oh, man uh man the open 18 got a 91 and that was my highest rated. 18 was my highest rated, so 18 versus... Uh, All right. You still got a sip of the 18, or you want to hear uh, more? I think this was 18. Like that was the second Yes. Second. 18. I think that was 10. <sighs> And Night's Watch. Now, again, the Night's Watch, if you haven't been watching us for long, you probably didn't see our series. A lot has changed on the show, what we do with the show since then. Uh, but we did do tastings and uh, rotate through each of the scotches to figure out which was the favorite of ours for that group. So as we're finalizing now, we got the Obin's Night's Watch, the Obin 18. And we don't even have to score the Night's Watch if you don't want to. We can just go to town. Dude, that's pretty smooth for Scotch has been sitting around for a little while. Yeah, I'm wondering because I put it in my 10 glass if I'm getting a little bit of cinnamon from the 10 on the, on the Night's Watch. It would make sense that it should have a little cinnamon just because every other one does. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> this one actually has a lot of brine. It has a ton of brine. It also has a ton of, is that cherry and chocolate? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> it's like a mellowed version of the 11. Where it doesn't have too much of that All spice. Right. So, yeah, what I'm going to say here is uh, <laughs> the quaffability, uh, where it's just easy drinking and has great flavor. I think the Night's Watch has 18 beat, but if you want complexity, the 18 has a Night's Watch beat, in my, in my opinion. So if you want easy drinking, <coughs> I go the Night's Watch. If I want complexity, I'm going to go with the 18. Man, it's a tougher call than that to, for me. I think the 18 is absolutely a phenomenal scotch, though. More of that body is coming out. Mm. 
the Night's Watch is so great for even how long it's been open. It's been open for like almost three years now. Because then we do that series our very first year. Because that's when we did the Sasquatch stealing Brian. <laughs> Fucking Bigfoot. All right, well, while you're still tasting and coming up with what you want, yes. Uh, next week's uh, topic is to watch the movie The Island. I love that movie. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that I first watch it is to not so much to do like a movie analysis of The Island, but to take in consideration like watching that movie and comparing it to what we now see today with like how we look, like there's that conspiracy theory about clones and uh, being able to like even use uh, uh, our own uh, genetics to uh, create uh, uh, organs and stuff like that uh, stem cells right using stem cell technology but here they've actually grown clones to have the organs and stuff like that so just kind of like watch the movie we could do a, maybe a slight review of it but just kind of compare to like what's going on today and how it might evolve into the future if we see it like that could be something uh, that, that could happen uh, does that seem like a good idea there I think that's an awesome smarter challenge plus I love that movie <laughs> do you own it hopefully you do I don't all right. Uh, we, we might have to work on trying to get that movie there. Okay, we can uh, do that. I, I, I didn't look to see if it was on any of the uh, multiple challenges that we have, which we, which I talked to you about that earlier Because that's Ewan McGregor and, and Scarlett Johansson, I think. All right, uh, with that, uh, before Jesse tells us which one he's going to go with as his ultimate winner, uh, thank you to everybody that watches us on YouTube and Rumble. We greatly appreciate all those subscribers and all those viewers. Uh, please leave some comments down below. I noticed that we got some recent comments on our YouTube channel, so thank you for those. Uh, thank you for all the people who uh, listen to us on the many different uh podcast platforms the goal is to get this one out by thursday or friday of this week uh the uh, thanksgiving one should be coming out later tonight uh and then uh, we'll have like other ones following in filling in to catch us up to uh up to date uh i think everyone on the different <coughs> listening platforms i think so uh please like share subscribe leave comments down below and uh, with that, we'll have Jesse tell us what his favorite one out of the two are and close us out. Man, I wish this Night's Watch was still available because... So do I, actually. I think if I was to rate it, it would rate higher than The Omen if I was to sit there and take the time. Especially with the fact that it's aged and lost a little bit of its flavor profile. I love the 18. I think if it was as young as the 18 that we have here... I think the I think the Night's Watch would have beaten it, but uh, yeah, the Night's Watch for me. Yeah, if it definitely black tie for all the, I would not take it to game night because I'd be too selfish to. I'd still take it shelf. to game night if if I had spare. <laughs> That's the thing; you can't get it <laughs> right. Well, if you can, I don't know. Maybe you can. You, it's, it's hard like to find four or five hundred dollars a bottle now. So, yep. 
All right. Remember, life is great. That does not mean it's always going to be easy. Make sure you take some time these next few weeks as we finish and end November and get through December to share and appreciate with friends and family. And that can be if your only friend is a dog, make sure you John Wick the hell out of that dog and take care of it. Um, so remember, do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. And until next time... Scotchman! Cheers! We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.